Welcome to Views from the Porch, a lifestyle podcast where we have weekly conversations about some of the biggest challenges young adults face today. Our desire is to use God's word in our experience leading thousands of young adults at the porch to challenge you, push you, keep it real with you, and walk alongside you as you navigate your defining years as a young adult. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live or follow us on social media. And with that, here's this week's episode. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch, joined with J.D. Rogers. What up? Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And for the second time... Second time? Second time. Second time, Becca Kepto. What's up, guys? Becca from the block from St. Petersburg, Florida. That's me. Becca is over all things comms with us, is often in the studio, so that's why you hear like references or shout-outs to her, but Becca... Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome, girl. Should we mm-hmm. should we grill Becca on anything before we start? Becca, are you single? Oh. I am single and ready to mingle. Wow. Oh. I did Becca, not. what's your type? No, let's <laughs> not do the type. We just did an episode on that. Let's talk about something Politicians. else. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> oh. Um, today, we are talking about alcohol, mm. a hot topic amongst Christians. Some say... You can't drink a drop. Others are like, Jesus drank wine. <laughs> everyone's, I know Jesus. Everyone's got their view on it, and people want to know what's the porches, because this is views from the porch. Oh! <laughs> and so, I think, uh, let's just first start with, how does God view alcohol? Yeah. Uh, to add further complications, there's also people who suggest the alcohol referenced by Jesus was not actually, you know, aloholic or strong, or was watered down, or more like grape juice. Really? Mm-hmm. The Is one that, that he served at a wedding? That alcohol in general was more watered down. And um, hmm. oh, there's but a whole like, like, theory the around it. I'm pretty sure that the guy at the wedding was like, yo, you made the best on yeah, the block. Yeah, he said the best. He said <laughs> the best. 100%. So they had variances, and they understood that means what was strong and what was weak. Yeah. And that means that there was some strong. Yeah. And that means that Jesus made it. Yes. So just like with everything, the high level answer is, is it wrong? Maybe. Yeah. And it certainly matters how you're consuming it, why you're consuming it. Ecclesiastes tells us that alcohol was a gift given by God, that he says, go eat your bread in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse seven, eat your bread with joy, drink your wine with a merry heart for God has already approved what you do. So God gives wine as a gift that makes the makes merry the heart of man. So it can be a gift. It can also be something that leads to drunkenness, which is prohibited by God. And the reason why he prohibits it in Ephesians chapter five is because it says, do not get drunk with wine or with, you know, beer. You could insert whatever in case somebody listening is like, man, I'm not really a wine guy, you know, or vodka. (laughs) Do not get drunk with any of that because it leads to debauchery. Debauchery is a weird word, weird word we don't really use. It's a word that just means reckless living, that it leads to reckless driving, reckless dating, reckless decision-making. And so that's the reason why it's prohibited. And the reason this is such a nuanced conversation is where's that line? And it comes back to the heart of if somebody goes, no, you know, I'm not drunk, you know, I'm just a little tipsy. And someone being honest enough to know themselves and say, hey, I feel like I've crossed over and I'm no longer enjoying a gift that God has given me. I'm being controlled by the gift that God has given me. Can we just get this out of the way? Yeah. Some people really come at you 
just like saying that alcohol is the devil. Like any ounce of alcohol is a sin. And I'm just like, have you read your Bible? Like straight up, where do you where do you get that? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a cultural thing, like Baptists, um, other religion. Like where does that come from? For real, I'm asking. I think there's um, the teetotaling mindset. Yeah, because I'm like biblically, I can't, I, I'm like you can't make an argument bi- biblically for that. I think it probably comes from uh, who knows. One, it could be a heart of somebody seeing if somebody personally says, "Hey, I don't drink alcohol." I think that's a noble thing. Or yeah, I think they have, you know, they decide, hey, personally, I wouldn't attribute that to everybody else. Just like I wouldn't say that nobody, everyone else has to operate the same way I do. JD and I may have different convictions on something. Yeah. And for me, I think having a legalistic, hey, this is what I do, but I'm not saying it's what everyone has to do. There's really healthy reasons and healthy times to do that. So as far as the origins of teetotaling, I, I don't know. It seems to be like really Baptist. People just really come strong on that. And I'm like, there's just, that feels like a non, non argument. Yeah. And it could be just, hey, the experiences they've had were not wise and mm-hmm. they saw it really abused. And now they just go, there's no way everybody or anybody should apply to this. But yeah. s- scripture calls us to be sober minded, to be thoughtful, to ask the question, why? Like, if you find yourself saying, hey, I need a drink, that's, that should be a red flag to yourself of like, oh man, I'm turning to this as a coping mechanism. So, mm-hmm. so David, question: Just to make this clear as day for the listeners, is if I'm a Christian, is having a glass of wine a sin? Maybe. It kind of depends on the person. Like anything that does not proceed from faith, the Scripture says, or sears your conscience. That's in Romans 14 and in First Corinthians chapter eight. Anything that's going to sear your conscience. So if you go, hey, I have a conviction that this is wrong, then for you. It's a sin. Does that make sense? Yeah, got it. But is it a sin for every person or for anybody ever ever to have a glass of alcohol? No. I mean, Jesus clearly, in an, I think you referenced it earlier, John chapter 2, the very first miracle he performs was related to alcohol, which is pretty random. And I think the case, like to you, you said, J.D., of saying, well, maybe it was different in grape juice. Well, then why didn't they say grape juice? In fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul commands Timothy to drink alcohol. Did y'all know this? Mm-hmm, with the stomach. With his stomach. Oh, yeah. Stomach There's issues. Elements. And uh, because in that day and age, there wasn't the purification system with water, and so people didn't know, hey, you drink water, you can get sick, kind of like if you drink the water in Mexico or a different place of the world because it's not purified. So drink water, you get sick. You drink wine, you get drunk. I'd rather be, you know, not sick. And so... That was some of the thinking. But Paul's instruction is, hey, do not consume to the point where you are you have lost the ability to control. You should be sober-minded and able to not waste your life. It's really the point that he's driving home in Ephesians 5. I feel like a lot of times Christians will be like, God is a killjoy. He he wants you to do everything that's just going to be suffering in life. And that's what Christianity is. Yeah. And I'm like, that's also not biblical. Like Ecclesiastes, there's something to enjoyment. Because I feel like what you could ask is like, well, then why should you drink? Yeah. Wait, you're saying, hey, like rephrase your question. In in any circumstance, like why would we just not avoid it altogether? I think for you, if you decide, hey, I'm gonna, I'm not going to ever consume this because it's my conviction. Then I think that's your conviction. The scripture says, like we said earlier, it was given as a gift, like all things that are good, that can be used as a bad thing. Sex is an amazing gift. A sex addict has crossed over to a line where he's no longer enjoying the gift that God has given him. He's made that gift a God. And so that's why there's so many prohibitions on, 
hey, the way that alcohol, and we see it. I mean, we've, I've seen it in my own family. I've seen it in the families and the ways that it's ripped through relationships and families and marriages that have fallen apart through it. So that's why God comes at it, not as, hey, it's this amazing gift that also should not be seen as a God because it's not a good God. It's good. So let's talk about uh, the conversation on, as a Christian, what's it? What's your role in drinking in public? Yeah. Because I feel like, or or if you're holding a beer on Instagram and whatever, people will say you're causing your brothers to stumble again. Yeah. One of those, or they'll assume you're drunk. Like if the uh-huh. flash was on, well, they you know? don't. They don't know how many you've had. Yeah, yeah. And what is biblically our role how, and how we consider those things? Yeah, I mean, this is this is uh, where your personal conviction, I think, has to inform it. Those verses about anything that does not proceed from sin, from is, faith, from faith is sin. And I may have a conviction that if we're at a wedding together, hey, I'm not going to drink, which generally I won't because I don't want to be perceived as either as wrongly perceived because of all the questions you just said of, man, I don't know how many he's had. It just is not worth it to me because there are weaker brothers out there who are going to be, who are going to take that and drink in excess or use that as an excuse. And I just don't think it's wise, but I may have that conviction And it would be wrong if I was to say, hey, JD, you should share that conviction. I may come from a place of, hey, you're helping lead the ports. Let's just not, let's not give a reason for people to stumble. But let's say you and I are just brothers in Christ. Like we're we're not leading in a ministry context together. I may still have the conviction that I shouldn't have a beer in my hand. And it would be wrong for me to say, and you as a Christian should not have a beer in your hand Mm -hmm. because we, we have different levels of convictions. And I think it would be wrong for you to tell me, hey, you shouldn't follow the conviction that you have. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think where it, it gets interesting is like, man, if I go to Mikosina in Dallas and I'm sitting there and I order a Mambo Taxi, you know. So specific. Yeah. <laughs> is that your fave? I love Mambo Taxis. They're good. Um, it's Mambo Taxi. Well, it's it's, sangria, swirl, it's yeah. sangria mix yeah, yeah, inside yeah, yeah. of a margarita. Um, you know, oh, I can't enjoy this drink with my friends because what if someone looks across and goes, is that his sixth drink? Mm-hmm. That's where it's just really difficult for me because it feels like now I'm enabling legalism. I'm enabling um, not assuming the best, false perception. I'm I'm dictating my choices not off of conviction either, but off of what's this person going to think of me in my walk with Christ? Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, let's read 1 Corinthians 8 because I think it's related to this where Paul says, starting in verse 9, Be careful that the exercise of your rights, your freedom in Christ, does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you, with all your knowledge, eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister whom Christ died for is destroyed by your knowledge that, hey, it's okay for me to eat meat. He's speaking in the context of of eating meat. And at that day and age, there were people who would say, hey, you cannot eat meat because there's a potential risk that this thing was sacrificed to an idol and you bought it at the butcher shop and it just came from the temple. And Paul says, hey, we know that there's no such thing as any other God. And so all that that meat is, is just meat, whether it was sacrificed or not. But there may be someone around you that is led astray by that. And it doesn't have the same awareness that you have of that. 
and you should be considerate of the other person. So you could insert the same thing as it relates to, you know, alcohol here that he says in verse 12, when you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if I, what I eat or drink causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, that I will not cause them to stumble and fall. Am I not free? He says at the beginning of verse one, am I not an apostle? Have I not seen the risen Lord? Even though I have all of those things, I'm not going to use those as an excuse to have somebody else stumble because of me. Okay, but he says my brothers and sisters. So would there be a difference in JD saying, I'm not going to do this for the potential that someone random walking in across the room might maybe be confused versus, hey, I know my friend at the table is an alcoholic, so I'm going to honor this person. Yeah, I think it it really comes down to the heart. And so if you're sitting there with somebody, um, they may have they may have a history of alcohol, like you just said, and they may be like, no, I don't care at all. That, that's yeah. totally fine. Or you may know, man, this is really going to lead them astray. I just don't want to be responsible for enabling and seeing that type of behavior happen. So I think you've got to be thoughtful. And there is a weak, in that context, you're going, hey, well, I want to have a mom with taxi. Can I not? Because I could be seen by somebody. I think it is, you just want to be wise. And so maybe the thing is, man, I'm not going to have four uh, or I'm not going to have multiple Mambo taxis sitting in front of me, or I'm not going to do anything that is perceived as I am giving away to drunkenness. And at the end of the day, there may be something on them where, hey, they saw you have a Mambo taxi, and they're not okay with that, but it's not because they're a weaker brother that's going to be led into stumbling and drinking more. It's because they have a legalistic mindset that you were pointing out, and it's kind of yeah. on them. Mm-hmm. Let's be real though, because when JD goes to dinner, he's not sitting there like politely with his hands crossed. Like he's probably like laughing and, you know, adding somebody like standing up out of his chair when yeah. he gets excited. You know what yeah. I mean? So drink or not, they might look and be like, No, I can go dance at any place and there people think I'm the drunkest person in the room. Totally. Always without yeah. a single drink. That's where it just gets so difficult. Is I'm like, well, now then should I not be myself if Without a drink, should I not dance? Should I not, you know, whatever? Uh, yeah. Because someone can think. Uh, honestly, this is going to even get more personal. People think I am high every <laughs> day you have the squinty because eye of out. my eyes. <laughs> what? People think I'm high all the time. Like they are like, dude, you're stoned. Like if I go to Water Water Burger <laughs> after nine, <laughs> people are like, you call the cops. They're, like, they're like this. They're like, if you're anyone, hungry? <laughs> and I'm like. Yeah, they're like, wow, got the munchies, JD, and I'm like, I'm just no, I'm hungry because I'm hungry. Yeah, and I think that's what's so like you can't. That's where I'm like, I'm not gonna not go to Waterburger. Yeah, hold on, if (laughs) if anyone goes to Waterburger, Waterburger after nine, yeah, that's actually (laughs) probably true. Yeah, but that that comes down to you and your integrity and knowing that, and people are gonna wrongly perceive you, of course. And that scenario of you like the dancing thing, I Mm -hmm. do have a heightened sensitivity to make sure people don't think that if you're bringing energy to the room, the party, the fun, that people don't attribute that to alcohol. And that's where you and I may disagree. You may go, you know what? But I feel totally free on that. And I may go, if I'm going to, I want to bring the life to the party and on the dance floor, I'm just not going to have a drink because people are going to assume that is a byproduct of being under the influence of alcohol. And I don't want to give around for them to assume anything other than being under the influence of the spirit. But where we have to be careful is you may disagree and go, hey. They thought David was drunk because he danced for the Lord. And And I'm like, yeah. Think David in the think, Bible, not uh, David Martin. Yeah, David, yeah, David in the Bible. It's like, so he didn't care. Yeah. He says, I'll be even more undignified than this. Yes. Like, I'm going to 
go crazy. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like how I, my take is, is it's sad that Christians, it's surprising when Christians are that lively, when they're that free. Yeah, that yeah. is really sad. Totally. Because we should be the most free. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, I think the bigger thing I'm saying is giving room for different convictions yeah. and yeah. following those. So Becca, talk yeah. about earlier your question about like a bachelorette party. Yeah. I was going to ask, so to, just to make it more practical, I think with questions that maybe a lot of our listeners are having right now. So say I'm invited to a bachelorette weekend in Miami and that involves going to some clubs, that involves going to bars. Even if I'm not drinking, there's pictures all over Instagram. Maybe everyone else is holding drinks. I'm not. But obviously there's the perceived perception that I'm there in that type of environment. So A, what are your thoughts of even like being at clubs, being at bars when you are a Christian? And I think the flip side of that, if I go and only have one drink and I'm in photos, um, I think this can go to apply to a lot of different situations, but is that wrong? And should I just not go to the event at all? Yeah, I think um, we have these artificial standards, like even like the definition of what's a club and what's a bar. And generally speaking, people know what those mean, but I would not put yourself in an environment where you're going to stumble, where you're going to personally find yourself not strong enough to withhold getting drunk because all the other girls around you are. So there may be a time where you go, man, just where I'm at right now, I'm just not going to do that. And because it's going to lead to me dancing on top of the table and not witnessing for Jesus. And I'm not strong enough. And I think it's okay to say I'm not at a place where I can do that. Is it wrong, period, to go to that environment? The reason I started with the artificial standards is when does it be like a cruise ship that has a room that converts to a club, you know, at night, was it wrong to be there or during the day when it was light, but it's, it's wrong at night. It really comes back down to the heart. And I think we need, we have a responsibility to be wise. And I think that even, especially as those in leadership and ministry, and, but really in general, as a kingdom of priests and what I put out there, or even what's posted about me or what could be a grounds that somebody would either stumble or would not be above reproach. And that somebody would go, oh man, I cannot believe Becca was doing X, Y, and Z. At the end of the day, the fact that you weren't doing X, Y, and Z is ultimately on them. It's not on you and you're not gonna give an account to that to God. But Paul's point is just be loving and considerate of one another and don't do anything under the banner of I'm totally free without having an awareness and having a selfless mindset and considering other people around you. Does that make sense? It does. But keep driving. I think my question is, so say this is like a legit club in Miami. Yeah. I don't feel personally convicted about being in a club or a bar environment. Um, but I get what you're saying, how if you're around that and people don't know you that well, how you can be perceived differently. So I guess I'm asking, is it wrong for me to even go? What I hear you saying is if you're going to cause others to stumble or fall or if you personally feel convicted about it. But in this scenario, if someone's listening and they're not feeling convicted about being in a bar or club— um, and say they're invited by their friends out for a birthday party. Should they say no just based on simply the fact that they're going to be in that type of environment with temptations around them? Because I, I think about like Zacchaeus where Jesus comes into his home yeah. and there's people on the outside, which I think are the modern day grumblers of that act. Like they're seeing your Instagram story. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, she's out dancing at a club. And that's the same as like, I think about the Pharisees who are like grumbling because Jesus is inside the house yeah. of the sinners and tax collectors. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I I am like, man, some of my best ministry 
has been being in the world and not of it because that's where they see in the church. They're like, of course you look good in here. Of course you're not doing anything. But when I go to the club with them and they're like, why aren't you cussing? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you dressed like me? Why aren't you doing those things? It's, it's, it's a chance that at the end of the night when they're miserable and they're like sick or whatever, and I'm taking care of them. The next morning I found that they're like, we're eating and they're like feeling awful. I'm like, Hey, is that really what like you want? Or they're like, why? Or they ask, why don't you do this? Or you're such a good person. Like it's it's crazy. Like I feel like I have the same conversations every time. Totally. They're like, oh, you're just such a better person than me. <laughs> and I get to like, I get to like shepherd them yeah. in that vulnerable moment. And what they're articulating is, you always have been different, but they can't see that if there's not like a like a something to put it next to. And so that's where like I. Obviously, if I'm going to go there and know I'm going to get drunk and make out with someone, I think that's what he's saying is like, that's where it's like, then don't go there. Yeah. Yep. But with that route, would you say that's makes sense? No. I, I, I'm saying I, with the route of like going missionally and like being different and like yes. driving them home. Yes. I think there's a person that is like that. And then I think there's a person that knows I'm actually, it's not going to be on mission. I'm going to say it is, but I, I really am not. Like I think, right. you, I think you're uniquely more mature in your ability to do, than a lot of people that are probably listening are. And they just need to be honest with themselves. Like, here's another example. Not all bachelor parties are created equal. So mm-hmm. if you know, I'm going to this thing and it is beer pong and shots and a stripper, that's probably, not even probably, you should not be going to that. Yeah. Right, can, can I give the, like, so for me personally, yeah. when I first got to Dallas, I was, I made friends with a guy and he was still like in this phase. Um, and, I'm working for Watermark and he says, we're going to go to this bar. And I'm thinking like my East Texas bars or whatever. And he takes me to Bottle Blonde, which is full on rave women dancing, like gas mask men with like no shirts on and like suspenders oh. and like, bo- like bottle service. Like the tables have like the ice trays and the like built into the table. And it's just all these like handles. And I'm walking in. I'm like, okay, okay, this is a little more intense. And it's like, uh, 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 uh. you know, it's like the, the the fog things are going. Yeah. And everyone's just like sweaty. And I'm like, oh, okay, like this is a little more intense than like uh, happiest hour. Yeah. Downtown. Yeah, this is yeah. not a rooftop bar. Yeah. And so My then I, I walk in and I sit down and this underage kid is um, taking two handles and pouring them in his mouth. And then he's like, this guy, like, talking about me, he's like, we love this guy. Like, he's such a good pastor. Oh, no. And I literally was like, oh, my God. And I, like, ran out of the club, and I took my friend's keys. He said, what are you doing? And I said, I can't, I can't participate in this. Yeah. I go out in the car, and I sleep in the car for three hours. And because it was his car. I was stuck. Yeah, yeah. I sleep in his car for 3 hours. You should have taken an Uber, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, know I would have Venmoed you for it. Yeah. Dallas <laughs> Institute. Yeah. No yeah. Yeah. Um, you could have texted us. <laughs> so like, I didn't even know y'all really. But the thing is is he the next day he was like, "I can't believe you slept in the car for 3 hours." And that put this huge like why. And so even then in the same way, I said no. So sometimes I'm like, "Yes." And that, it was like, it crossed this conviction line and I said no. And even the no accomplished the same goal. It spoke beautifully. Yeah. It made him question, why can I? Yeah. 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 
I think that's why community is so important too, because even for one single person, you can be in a different spot one day than the next. Like I've, I've done the whole like, okay, I can't go to this. Like straight up, I know myself. Mm-hmm. And then there have been, there was a time walking with Jesus where I woke up at 10 a.m. and I was like, girls, here's what I want to do. I want to go to a bar and flirt with a stranger. That's that's what I want to do right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have people to speak in and be like, okay, don't do that. You know, or like processing, hey, here's what's going to happen at this bachelorette. And here's where I'm at. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm tr- I'm trying not to drink or I'm trying to remove myself from these situations where I know I'm going to stumble. Yeah. Where You just need people to speak in and help you be wise and honest with yourself and not trick yourself into thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go share Jesus because that's, yeah. Man, that's, that's good. good. I, that's so, all I have. Big but... picture. It's not uh, Drinking alcohol is not a sin according to the Bible. Getting drunk is. And... There's a lot of room where you and I are responsible both for our actions, our behaviors, and to follow the conscience that God has given us and the convictions that we have and to not project those on other people and to operate out of a servant heart or a selfless mindset that is considerate of people around us and wise in the decisions and places we put ourselves. So that's all I got. It's good. All right. Patrick's Day, right around the corner. What do you say for everybody that wants to go out and do a bar crawl? I think— I think, um, man, throw it in at the end. (laughs) A bar crawl, I mean, it kind of goes back to every, I would say, listen to this episode and ask yourself, hey, am I encouraging people to sin through my actions? Am I sinning through my actions? Am I getting drunk? Do I think that this is actually uh, allowing me to honor God and to uh, honor other people? And if you can't say yes to those, then I wouldn't do it. Here's my little hot take. I think people act like that kind of stuff is just not fun. Like once they start following Jesus, they're like, oh, yeah, but like just the hangover wasn't worth it. And I'm like, no, bro. Like (laughs) partying is so much fun. St. Patty's Day bar crawls in Dallas are so fun. It's just that following Jesus is better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're spot on that it is. There is sin can be fun for a season and then and then it's not or until it's not. Yep. And uh, so that's it from us. We will see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the porch, follow us on social media or visit us at theporch.live. And as always, go in peace and love to serve the Lord this week.